Welcome to the Screenagers podcast. I'm Delaney Rustin, physician and the filmmaker of the Screenagers movies. And this summer, I'm recording podcasts based on my Screenagers Tech Talk Tuesday blogs and calling them blogcasts. Today, I'm talking about skillful ways to respond when tech rules are broken. And this is because one of the most challenging things as a parent is knowing how to respond when our kids break rules around screen time. A lot of my work is based on how do we increase the chance that we get some collaborative input from our kids when we're setting rules. I'm not going to be getting into that today, but recognize when I talk about policies around screen time and rules being broken, in my mind, these are rules that There's been work in the family to make these feel fairer or to at least have some understanding on why we are working so hard to have balanced and healthier screen time. Before I talk about that, though, I would be amiss if I didn't start with the foundation of communication around kids and following policies is validation to our kids in terms of it's not always easy to comply with policies around screen time. For example, I want to say that I get it. It's really hard to say goodbye to your friends when you're in the middle of a video game. And I know you try really hard to make sure that the game isn't going to be started right before dinner. And I just want to point that out, that navigating this with all your friends is tricky. And yet you are are consistently really putting in a lot of effort It shows a lot of grit, and I want to let you know that I really see that. So now let's start in terms of what to do when rules are broken. Well, the first thing is accepting that emotions will indeed flood us as parents when these things happen. When we learn that our kids have broken a tech rule, like, The internet was turned off every night, but we realize our teen has been downloading shows in advance to be able to watch late at night. That's going to get our emotions rallied up. I can't tell you how often parents say to me that they just lose it. Anger, like I have told them so many times, it's a big one, the anger feelings. Fear is a big one, like Does this mean I have a kid who's just going to be a pathologic liar, rule breaker? We know that a long line of research has demonstrated that when we try to suppress completely our feelings as humans, this can overall backfire and control us in different ways. One thing that can be really helpful after we recognize the many emotions that have come over us is to give yourself grace and time to decide how to respond. So maybe saying something like this to your child. You've gone around the policy and I just need a bit of time, but then I'll be ready to talk. Or I'm upset right now and I don't make good decisions when I'm upset. Let's reconvene and talk about this tomorrow. You might say, I'm feeling a bit peeved, but I want to let those feelings run their course so I can talk with you from a cool-headed place. So let's talk in a couple of hours. Secondly, I suggest consulting the wise before taking action. I mean, sometimes you'll know immediately you're 
planned in advance what happens if a rule has been transgressed. For example, they didn't respond to your text in a reasonable amount of time when you didn't know where they were. And maybe that's been a known that they don't get their phone that evening, a known consequence. It's a beautiful idea that we have specified in advance all sorts of possible consequences for all different scenarios. But I can tell you that that is really unrealistic. So don't get me wrong. It's preferable to have consequences stated ahead of time, but it's really hard to do that. I'm all about realistic parenting, and that's why we're going through these different steps because there's so often you won't have a consequence already in mind. So given this reality, there's times you're going to need to think about consequences before acting, and it's such a parenting gold medal move is to consult with one or two wise friends to get their insights on how they would suggest responding This has been a lifesaver to me to go to other parents who have older teens and to explain the situation and get a couple of different responses has made me really feel much more centered in the type of consequences that we ended up giving to our kids. Thirdly is the fact that consequences should be short. Kids and teens don't learn from long and overly punitive consequences. When that happens, they're going to just be incredibly focused on being mad at the parent or parents. Short works much better. Let's say they break a rule and they sneak their phone into the room at night and you discover that the next day, you might say, I know you're responsible and usually good at following rules, Tomorrow, we're going to hold on to your phone for the whole evening, but then the next day, you're going to get it back because we know you're capable of following the family policies. So that's another reason short is good. Not only are they not overly focused on being angry, but it gives us that chance to do strength-based parenting, showing them that we know that they have the strength the skills that it takes to follow policies, and we want to get them back in the game. This approach, I'm going to say, is a little bit less talked about, but many psychologists really advocate for this, and I really like it, which is to be very open to have your kids participating in what the consequence is, not just you know, in advance of something, what should it be? But after the transgression has happened. Let me give an example. There was a teen I know who couldn't go out because of a transgression. So basically the consequence was having to stay home. And they negotiated the teen and the family which night that was going to be. That is perfectly okay to have that type of negotiation There's going to be some consequence, but the kids can have some input into it. There's something about that that seems like, wait, it's supposed to be a punishment. It's supposed to not let them have a voice. But actually, letting them have a voice, they're still going to have a consequence. But it's okay, and in fact, it's good to give them a voice in it. That increases the chance of their feeling 
that they're learning and thinking about how their transgression was not in their best interest. Fourth reality to this is just knowing it's okay for our kids to be mad at us. There's going to be some frustration and anger. As humans, it's natural. We want to blame others for our pain. And so our kids are going to want to blame us. It's when we as parents can't tolerate that, that's when we get into the mode of overly permissive parenting, which has been shown through a great deal of evidence, is not ideal for our young people to have time and time again. The good news is that by having fair consequences and not being overly punitive, we can feel assured that their frustration with us is not the kind that's relationship scarring. Another key point is something I hear so often from parents from all backgrounds is that they say to me, you know, the most important thing is that I can trust my kid. And as I talk to the parents, it's they're not at all focused on what the transgression was, but they're really invested in this idea that their child should never lie and that this is the worst part of it. Lying in all its various forms, you know, whether that's not disclosing all key information or staying silent or blatantly lying is part of rule breaking. It's not about purposely trying to hurt a parent or a guardian. But our emotions are going to get activated. We don't like to be deceived. Focusing on what has happened and staying out of the pull of wanting to focus on the fact that a lie or deception has happened is a really helpful approach and I know it has helped me a lot in parenting. The key is focusing on why the rule was broken, how to move forward and prevent it in the future, and ongoing discussions in which you work together to set policies so people can live by them. That's it for this episode of the Screenagers Blogcast. I've been your host, Delaney Rustin. And please email us at info at screenagersmovie.com. Let us know what themes you want to hear this summer. Meanwhile, you can find hundreds of blog posts at screenagersmovie.com and many resources.